Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover. This is episode number 22, Parent-Teacher Relationships, part one, emailing with parents. If you're a loyal listener, thanks for coming back. I realize that many of you may be new listeners here at E2E. So before we get into the topic of emailing with parents, I wanted to provide some suggestions of episodes that you should go back and listen to after today's episode. If you've not listened to the last episode, number 21, it should hands down be your next listen. I interviewed Dan Jones, a fearless mind coach about controlling the controllable. I have received such great feedback from teachers across the country about how much they needed to hear some of his messages. The title of the podcast is Football, Farming, and Teaching, Controlling the Controllable. If you're interested in growing your teacher Instagram community, take a listen to episode number 18, in which we chat with Instagram teacher superstars, and they teach us and give us advice on how to build a community within Instagram. It's a super fun episode. Finally, on a more serious note, but a very impactful note, give number 17 a listen. I interview Kelly Coker about students experiencing homelessness. This episode makes you stop and really think about the challenges a student experiencing homelessness might face in the classroom. So if you like what you hear, I'd love to have your support for this podcast. It's pretty simple to do. A five-star rating or a positive review in the App Store. It helps other educators and teachers find the podcast. This week, Radio Public published Educators to Educators podcast as one of the best teacher podcasts out there. So thanks to Radio Public and thanks to all of you. I'm going to change things up a little bit this week. This is going to be just me on this episode. I haven't done this since episode one, so it's going to feel a little strange not interviewing a guest. This episode is part of a series of episodes focusing on parent-teacher relationships. These episodes are meant to be short and sweet and just a nice, you know, contrast to some of the larger, longer episode interviews that I do. If you don't know it already, I'm a mom to a fifth grader and a second grader. So I'm a parent and I also taught in the Chicago Public Schools for 10 years before I started my role in corporate ed tech. So I've really got to see education from a lot of different angles. In episode 21, you heard Dan Jones and I discuss energy vampires. In general, I think I'm pretty good at eliminating people in my life that are either negative Nellies or total energy suckers. But sometimes it's hard when you're a teacher and you have parents of your students that are the negative ones or the energy vampires. There's just some parents that seem to suck the life out of teachers. So I've been thinking a lot about parent relationships lately. Gwen Cram from the episode about building trust in schools and I are building a professional development on this very topic right now. Not only are are we going to be delivering this content in person, it will also be a self-paced course you can take right from the comfort of your home if you'd like. We'll be launching that in October, so stay tuned for more info. But because this topic of parent-teacher relationships has been on my mind so much, I wanted to talk about it in this podcast. Today, I'm going to focus on email. 
parent email. And I want to give you three tips for dealing with those energy vampires or parents that just seem to suck the energy right out of you via email. So let's start. Somehow our world, and sometimes this just blows me away, has worked itself into this place that people think that you should be available to them no matter who they are or what the situation is or what they're doing, that people should be available to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is just a problem with humans in general, I think. And it goes across every industry, but this is a big problem for teachers. You spend six hours a day fully engaged with your class and you're not sitting at a computer with your email open ready to respond. There are a couple habits I see teachers falling into with email that frankly, I think is setting them up for failure when they're really trying to do the right thing. First of all, most people say 24 hours is a good professional window for a response to an email. However, what do I see teachers doing day after day? Replying to emails right away. Most of the teachers I know, including myself, love to check things off a to-do list. Teachers are achievers and we like to get things done. We have a million things going through our mind every day. We're making tons of decisions. And so to check things off our list, it makes us feel in control and it makes us feel good about ourselves. So naturally, when it comes to email, especially emails from parents, we tend to want to respond and send that email off right away and move that sucker right into the trash can. But think about it. What message are you sending to parents by being an on-demand emailer? You're sending the message that you're an on-demand teacher for those parents. You're available 24-7 for any question. Is that really the tone and the boundary you want to set with your students' parents? I was recently at my second grade daughter's open house and the teacher said, hey, I have an email. Here's what it is. Feel free to email me. But I want to let you know, between the school hours, I am focused on your child and the children in this class. So if you have something urgent or something that you need a response right away, I strongly suggest you call the office and leave a message. And this set her up for such success. And I don't expect that teacher to get my email while she's eating her lunch and email me back right away. So just think about how on demand you're setting yourself up to be to parents. And are you being fair to yourself? I have this great email parent flow chart that is a bonus um, as part of this parent teacher professional development course. Um, But basically, it has three categories for email. The first category is a parent sends you an email. It's very factual, such as when is the field trip or how much money do I owe for the field trip? And that's a pretty quick, factual, non-emotional response. I put those in one bucket that if you do want to eat your lunch and answer email, go ahead and reply to those. There's a second bucket where the email you receive evokes some type of emotion in you. Maybe it's anger or annoyance or kind of sadness or hurt. The second you feel any type of emotional reaction to an email, you need to close it. 
and you need to give yourself space and time to answer. And in the course, we go into more detail about how to answer those emails based on the type of parent that's sending you that email. But do not send emotional responses. Even if it's the tiniest emotional response, close the email, let it go, give yourself some space away from that email. And if you're really feeling emotional, grab a colleague and have them sit down and help you draft out that response to that email. There were times that I even went to my principal and said, hey, like I'm feeling pretty upset and angry about this email. It's very unfair. Can you sit down and help me draft a response? Um, another email that you might want to take some time and not respond to right away is an email where you need to do some more fact check checking. So an email where maybe you need to gather data from tests or you need to look up a school policy. Make sure you don't reply right away because remember, parents can often forward emails on and I've even heard of parents taking screenshots of emails and posting them on social media. Allow yourself that 24-hour window to draft the appropriate response. And if it's taking you longer than 24 hours, shoot off a quick, non-emotional email that says, hey, I really appreciate that email. I'm digging into more detail. I haven't forgot about you. I'll be back to you as soon as I can. The basic gist here is take your time when you need it. Stop the urge to check that list and get through your email. I'm doing something new here at E2E Podcast. I'm giving a shout out to those of you that actually take the time to leave a review in the podcast or iTunes store. So thank you to Marmar77724 for a five-star review where she says, great for educators, exclamation point. Great advice for both new and veteran teachers. I needed a great podcast just for teachers. Keep them coming. Thank you, Marmar, for taking the time to leave that review in the Apple Podcast Store. Stay connected to everything that's happening here at Educators to Educators. We have a new website. It is www.educators2educators.com. Of course, that's the number two in the middle. We are getting ready to launch a fun teacher challenge and it's called 10 days to getting great sleep. And it's a complete teacher challenge. We're gonna have a fun Facebook group. There's a downloadable workbook and journal. So we're gonna be starting that up in October. Make sure you join us for that challenge. It's completely free. You can sign up at www.educatorstoeducators.com. All right, let's get back to my third tip for email. Another big mistake that I I see a lot of teachers doing, and I understand why you do it because I used to do it, is having your work email on your phone. Just don't do it. The school doesn't own your phone or pay your phone bill, so take it off your phone. Listen, your job is stressful enough. Don't bring that stress outside your school walls. I've talked about this before. I remember my own children being little like toddlers and preschoolers, And me being on my phone while I'm cooking dinner and like getting an email that made me upset. And I was tired at the end of the day. Why was I looking at my email? And then the next thing I know, I was totally disengaging for my own children at home to answer an email that was frankly putting me in a bad mood. Had I not checked that, I would have had a great night. I couldn't wait till the morning to check that email. So take that email off your phone. And finally, 
I recently had a teacher tell me that she spends hours after school some days answering emails. I wanted to, frankly, crawl into a ball and cry for her. Think about all that time she's wasting answering parent emails that she could be creating amazing lesson plans or frankly going home and relaxing or working out. Remember, email really should be a tool for these non-emotional communications. So, you know, talking about what's going on in the classroom or sending out your newsletter or little reminders. It shouldn't be these back and forth novels between you and parents. If you have a parent that is emailing you multiple times a week, especially if you feel like they're being somewhat of an energy vampire, I want you to think about having an in-person meeting with that parent or parents or caregivers. I had this really interesting uh, piece of advice given to me when I was working in corporate education and it was, listen, if you look at your phone and the email text or an email that you're sending is longer than one screen length of your phone, it might be better to pick up that phone and make a phone call. And I also agree outside of general classroom communication, such as newsletters, sometimes it's better to just pick up the phone and have a conversation. We all know email can be misunderstood or tone can be misunderstood. And again, remember, email is really easy, easy to forward on to someone else. So be careful what you are putting in writing. Email can be a time suck and energy suck for you. And especially if you do have parents that can be somewhat of energy vampires or negative Nellies. Don't let that little email that they slip into the middle of the day or at night bring you down. Don't let it hurt you. Listen, go back to what Dan Jones said. What can you control? You can control your performance every day. I know I made some big mistakes, especially early on in my teaching, where I let emails slip onto my radar that would completely blow up and change my mood. I do believe most parents have really good hearts and they want to support you. And I think we need to spend more time focusing on those positive, supportive parents. And we're going to talk about that at a later time. But I just wanted to take this podcast to remind you that email can really change your day and you need to take control over it. Make sure that you're not this on-demand teacher that's emailing back right away and showing that you're an on-demand teacher for all parents. Take your email off your phone. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Maybe even just make sure you set up time before school and after school where you can be at your computer to read to respond to emails. But having it on your phone, it just, I'm sorry, it's just not healthy for you. And finally, think before you respond. Just because you get an email and you want to check it off your list doesn't mean that you should respond. If you're feeling any kind of emotion or you need to do some more information gathering, Set the email aside and wait till you're in a better mindset to respond. Remember, email is so easy to misinterpret. I hope these little reminders help you kind of gain control over that email inbox. That's it for this week. I want to give you a few reminders before we take off. First of all, next week, I interview Paul Rodine from Rodine Literary Management, and he talks all things about publishing a children's book. So if you've ever dreamed of publishing a children's book, this is a great listen. 
Also, I'm interviewing Fletcher Nelson from Third Grade Swag and Beth Pittman from Flexible at First is going to be talking about engaging students in flexible seating situations. Uh, So stay tuned. Lots of great things coming your way from educators to educators. Until next time, my friends, keep on teaching on.